Hi, welcome to another edition of Growing Grace. We're here each day shedding light on the amazing grace and love of Jesus as we journey a life of spiritual growth every single day. We're trying to shed light even through all of the scriptures on the beauty of Jesus that we may be able to see him greater and that we may grow thereby. Growth, spiritual growth is what this, this podcast is all about. We're in 1 Kings chapter 17 talking about a man named Elijah, one of the great heroes of the faith in the Old Testament. And we want to see Jesus in this story. We want to see how that we can apply this in our lives as we move along. And, and we just talked about yesterday about how that sometimes God uses ravens, the dirty-mouthed raven, to bring us some of the most nourishing moments in our lives. Today, we're going to jump in in verse 7, and we're going to be transitioning into the next part of Elijah's journey. And in verse 7, after that he had been, uh, talking about Elijah, had been sustained by this brook, this babbling brook of Cherith where God had hidden him. And while that um, he had been giving every morning and every evening two, two square meals a day by the ravens that would bring them to him supernaturally, even rejecting their own young and their own desires to bring this man of God his meals, um, even then there comes a season ending. I shared some messages not too long ago. I shared a, a message not long ago about the times and seasons of the Lord. It's interesting that we oftentimes get a little discouraged when we're going through a very challenging season in our life. The thing that we know about seasons, even in the natural realm, seasons have a beginning and they have an ending. And every season has a beginning and end. And Elijah's season of provision here, as miraculous and as strange and as kingdom-like as it was, it came to an end. In verse 7, it says that it happened after a while that the brook had dried up because there had been no rain in the land. So eventually, the very thing that was causing all of Israel to suffer finally came to the doorstep of Elijah. <laughs> know this, that there are times when we're walking in our faith and we're doing everything that we can do, that we know to do, yet still, adversity comes knocking on our door. And here's the beauty of walking with the Lord. When we walk with the Lord, just know that if that season is ending, it means that it's going to be transitioning into a new season. So you may be coming out of a season. You may be going into a season in your life. But know this, that God doesn't change in any of those seasons. His love isn't affected. His grace doesn't change. Uh, in fact, the greater degree of difficulty and disaster and chaos that may be in your life, the greater degree of grace that superabounds on your behalf. And that actually manifests itself in the life of Elijah because once the rain had impacted even the brook of Cherith, the Jordan had started to wither up. Obviously, its tributaries would wither as well. And the all of a sudden, no more ravens, no more bread and flesh. And all of a sudden, Elijah's stomach begins to growl. This happens to us oftentimes. And we begin to feel the pressure 
of the situation. And we begin to sometimes maybe even wonder, hey, I wonder if I've done the right thing. And but but in the nick of time, the Bible says in verse eight, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, I love this. You know, the word of the Lord is precious and it feeds us. You know, Jesus himself, when he was tempted by the devil to turn stones into bread, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word of the Lord is what sustains us in the midst of our seasons and our seasons of transitions. We're going to have seasons where we're on the mountaintop. We're going to have seasons when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But the beauty of it is, is that we're not walking through it alone. The valleys and the mountaintops are all part and parcel of our journey. Our journey is, a, is, is many transitional phases. And, 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 but know this, that the word of the Lord will always come to us if we'll listen for it. Here's my question. I'm not going to get into this next section today, but this is the one thing I want to kind of land on today. And that is this. We should be hearing the voice of the Lord. We should be attentive to the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord should become quite uh, normal for us in a way. I hear people, probably the number one question in ministry that I've heard over the years of my ministry has been this, how do I know that it's God talking to me? Well, one of the ways that obviously we know is we need to be in God's word, of course, and we need to ask his spirit to help us understand it. Now, if that happens, it gives us a really great guide for us to be able to, for a launching point. But the fact of the matter is, and I've mentioned this so many, very, so very many times as I have ministered over the years, uh, it, you as parents, if you heard your child in a room with five other children and you heard your child cry or you heard a child cry, would you be able to identify if it was yours? Of course you would, because you're accustomed to it. You've spent so many hours and nights and days, and you've heard it when they were hungry, when they're wet, when their diaper needed to be changed, when they were hurt, uh, when they were angry, and you've learned all of those intonations of the voice. Why is it that we as believers aren't more acquainted with the voice of the Lord? We should be anticipating the word of the Lord. We should, in fact, and I know that there are seasons when it seems like that God isn't talking to us very much. I get that. But God talking to us should not be abnormal. It should actually be normal. And what you should do is ask the Lord, continue to speak to me. Help me know when it's you. And you know what? God will. Well, what if it's not God, what if it's the devil? Let me tell you something. If you're looking to hear from the devil, he'll be happy to talk to you, okay? But what he's going to say, the kind of things he's going to say are going to be divisive, destructive, lead to chaos. But the things that God says to us, they're things that affirm us, that knows that we are accepted in the beloved and that, that, that we are loved, that we are cared about, and that instructs us into life. Now, sometimes he instructs us to do things that are very challenging, but the accompanying and abiding peace of God comes with the voice of God. They're a package deal. The peace of God and, and, and the spirit of God are sort of a package deal. And that's why he's called 
called the comforter by the Lord Jesus himself. When he comes alongside of the paracletus to help and he wants to talk to you and the word of the Lord is going to come to you as you transition in your seasons today. And you know what it'll do? It'll help you grow in grace. See you tomorrow. Welcome back to another Growing Grace podcast. We're so delighted that you chose to join us today. We know that you could have done anything else over these next six or seven minutes besides uh, listen to this country uh, sounding guy, but you've chosen to spend it with us. Each day we do a little daily devotional of shedding light on Jesus through looking in the scriptures alongside of our journey of life so that we can grow by seeing Jesus and his beauty of love and grace. So let's get to it. We're in 1 Kings chapter 17 talking about Elijah again today. Yesterday, we just talked about how that God had given the widow woman an unbelievable request to go in and make him something to eat first and then make something for themselves and the obedience that had this beautiful miracle encased in it. And in verse 14, he says, for thus says the Lord, this is Elijah talking to the widow, for thus says the Lord of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. What an incredible promise. He says, if you go do this, if you go do this, it's going to open up the exponential provision of God. I wonder how many times that we have balked at doing the unusual thing, the unreasonable thing, the kingdom thing, because it didn't make any sense. Well, let me tell you something. God tells us to do stuff all the time. It doesn't make sense. You remember the story of Elisha. Uh, I'm going to take a little rabbit trail here. Elisha had a man come to him whose name was Naaman. He was a seer, another Gentile. And uh, he comes to him. He was a mighty man, won many battles for the Syrians. And he comes to Elisha and says, Elisha, uh, and he talks to Eden. Elisha didn't even go out to him. He sent his servant out to him. You know, and he says, he said, uh, he said, I've, I've got leprosy. And he said, I want you to heal me. I've heard that you can heal me. And I won't go into all of the detail of that story, but Elijah, or excuse me, Elisha, uh, Elijah's successor, uh, sent back word through Gehazi, his servant, and said, go to the Jordan River and dip seven times, and when you come up, your flesh will be as clean as a child. And the man was just enraged. He says, what? There's a lot cleaner rivers around here. And he mentioned Abanan, Farpar, and all this kind of stuff. Why, why, don't, why don't we go there? This is nasty. This makes no sense. It's unreasonable. Do you see that? It's unreasonable. And so God... God gives him this moment, this opportunity to be healed. And he starts balking at the method in which he receives it. And so Gehazi says to him, he says, let me ask you a question. If he had told you something that was more difficult than this, would you not have done it? So what's your problem? So finally, Naaman says, you know what? You got, you're making a lot of sense. And he goes to the Jordan River, dips down seven times. And sure enough, after the seventh time, it wasn't progressive. It had to wait until his obedience was fulfilled. And when he did, he came up with flesh as clean and as new as a baby. It was one of the greatest miracles of the Old Testament, unheard of, leper being cleansed. 
You see, sometimes God asks us to do unreasonable, ridiculous, foolhardy things. I mean, honestly, how silly is it for us to turn the other cheek when somebody slaps us on the one? I mean, honestly, does anybody really have the, uh, I mean, what is the audacity of the Lord to say to do that? Because that's how Jesus lived. That's how God lives. When somebody takes the coat, he gives them the cloak also. That's his generosity. He wants to live through us in such a way that these ridiculous things are so wonderful in this world because this world is so looking with tunnel vision about this, the things that they expect. And when something comes from out of the blue and it has to be God and he gets glory from it. And that's the beauty of it. So each day when that woman, I don't believe for one moment that when that woman took the hand into that jar on any day until the rain began, I don't believe that it was full. I believe it had the same amount in it that it had yesterday. But God just supernaturally resupplied it every day. And this is a wonderful image of the daily bread that God gives us as we walk with him. Jesus, even in the Lord's Prayer, said, give us this day our daily bread. This is the lesson. This is where we see Jesus in this beautiful passage. Every day she went and she still had a handful of meal and a little oil to be able to cook for her sons. And every single day, it was a testimony to the goodness of God, not of the obedience of the woman, but the goodness of God. And I love what Romans 2 says. It's the goodness or the kindness of God that leads men to repentance, not the threat of penalty. It's not the, in, uh, the, the, the threat of hell and rapture and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, it's, it's not the lure of heaven, but it's the goodness of God. That's what caused the prodigal son to get out of the hog pen and go home and dare to ask dad for a re-entry. And that is the beauty of this walk of faith. And it says that her household ate for many days and the uh, bin of flour was not used up, nor did the oil of the jar run dry, according to the word that was spoken by the prophet Elijah. This is how we grow, guys. We learn how to trust the Lord and let God do a work in us. And I love the old totality of this passage where it shows God doing something in Israel and he does something in Israel, something phenomenal. He does something in Elijah and then he does something in this widow woman. Isn't that great? That's, that is so like God to have an ultimate plan, okay? Maybe God just called Elijah to go talk to Ahab because he had a widow woman that he needed to see to, this Gentile widow woman whom no one would have chosen. Even Jesus mentions her in the New Testament, and this beautiful. And guys, this is what I'm talking about when we begin to see the word of the Lord in the midst of our challenges, valleys, and difficulties. And this is how we grow in grace. See you tomorrow.